Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Hello, <laughs> sorry, hello. Uh, let's do something else then. Hello, greetings. Seven o'clock Tuesday night. That means I'm here. It's Facebook Live. I've got some questions. If you have any questions, please ask away. Um, ideally, plastic surgery related. That is my forte. So, um, if you've got anything that you want to say, I think you'll find that it says there. It's a live. It's a live Q and A. With yours truly, if you have anything to say, please comment. Um, feel free to comment multiply and share too. Feel feel free to do both those things. Um, if you uh, are a podcast type person, this is uh, available on iTunes as a podcast, I believe. Um, I'm not sure if I need to tell you more than that. It'll probably be called Styano Clinic, I'm guessing, uh, and it's on YouTube which is definitely called Sano Clinic, and there's a lot more on YouTube. Um, so please go over to YouTube and have a look and and um, subscribe. Click the bell. That's <laughs> uh, so all the proper YouTubers say. I am officially a YouTuber. I have got, I think you'll find, 200 and nearly 250 subscribers. Yeah, uh, nearly 250. So um, I think by all accounts that is a uh, a youtuber i don't think anyone could deny that um but nevertheless we are here it's now and this is facebook and i've got some questions if you've got any questions then you can ask me here and now but if not just sit back relax enjoy the journey <laughs> and uh we're gonna kick off we're gonna kick off with this one is it harder to detect cancer with mammograms if you have implants um a cold can't shift it sorry well, I can't a cold a cough um i didn't did have a cold probably what a week, a week ago when it gets hot do you find that sometimes when you get hot you get a cold is that is that uh, i'm a doctor i should know that but anyway um so good question is it harder to detect cancer with mammograms if you have implants so the, a lot of people are worried about cancer detection when they have implants in and it's something you need to be aware of and um, I used to just do breast reconstruction for cancer patients who've had uh, mastectomies and it would not be uncommon if they've uh, when you reconstruct the breast you reconstruct a breast to match a breast that the patient likes so the first question you always say is do you like your other breast because if their other breast is always too big or too small there's no point in reconstructing a breast to match that because you can always do surgery to make the other breast bigger or smaller um, so it would be not unusual to put an implant in the other breast the, the non-cancer breast in patients with breast cancer so if there's a problem with detecting breast cancers you wouldn't be putting implants in people who have got breast cancer you know and had a mastectomy of the other breast so it is fine to do mammograms it's fine to do biopsies if you have breast implants in if you have breast implants it's not that any breast tissue is behind the implants and the implants not going to hide a cancer having said that 
it is a little bit more difficult because the pe the people doing the mammogram have to do it in a certain way. They have to do it in a certain angle in order to um, view the breast tissue. So you need to obviously let them know that you've got implants in. Um, and if you are going to have a biopsy of any lumps, you again, you need to tell them your implants in because they probably wouldn't put a needle in. If you could feel a lump in your breast, uh, the breast surgeons might just put a needle in and biopsy it. But if you've got implants in, they probably do a, uh, an ultrasound guided uh, biopsy. So they need to vary how they do things, but it is absolutely fine and it is not a problem to feel lumps or to investigate lumps if you have lumps in your breast. Breast cancer is such a uh, a common thing and such a worry if it was going to hide that uh, you know breast cancer then we wouldn't do it so it is fine to feel uh, your breast tissue and you can feel lumps just the same and you can have mammograms and biopsies etc just the same <clears throat> good question thank you for that Vasa versus lipo. Vasa liposuction claims to be less aggressive than traditional lipo and makes for a more speedy recovery with less bruising. Is this true? Um, what are they saying here? Traditional makes for a more speedy recovery with less bruising. Is this true? Um, full disclaimer: I don't do laser. Vasa. <laughs> I don't do Vasa uh, or laser. So. Um, Vasa liposuction is an assisted form of liposuction uh, and it is um, assisted with ultrasound, believe it or not. Um, can you see that little? Um, there is a laser assisted liposuction, which is not Vasa, but uh, it uh, but Vasa is ultrasound. So the way they, they assist the liposuction, the assisted forms of liposuction like Vasa, assist it by delivering energy to the fat before you suck it out. And delivering energy to the fat before you suck it out means that you can use a smaller cannula, means that it is, you can, you often do it under local anesthetic and sedation. So there are good things about it. I, I'm probably not the best person to talk about it because I don't do it. But anyway, I will, I'll have a bash because I do do traditional liposuction. So it's always, I think you've always got to be careful when someone tries to tell you one thing is clearly better than another thing, because you've got to ask yourself, why would people do the other thing? So what this patient is saying is Vaser is less aggressive, more speedy recovery with less bruising. So if it was all good, we would all do Vaser. So why don't we all do Vaser? You know, if Vaser is so good, why don't we all do it? That's the question. So there's good and there's bad about everything, about things. So the good thing about Vasa is that it is smaller cannula. It is often less dramatic because it is smaller cannulas and therefore perhaps your speedy recovery and bruising. I don't know if that's proven, but that's, I could understand that. Um, and the other good thing about Vasa, which is a point that I often point people towards Vasa is they say, and I've got to say that they say, cause I don't do it, but it, they say it uh, causes some skin retraction, which is a big thing, especially in the abdomen. Now, the problem with Vaser, and you might say, well, that's all good. Why doesn't everyone do it? Why don't I do it? The problem with Vaser, or the, at least my worry with Vaser, it may, may or may not be a problem, is that in delivering energy to the fat, that heats the fat. And in heating the fat, that is how they report to cause some skin retraction. And the worry is, and I'm, I'm, you're probably going to say I'm old fashioned because it's going back a bit. You worry about delivering thermal energy and heating the fat and causing burns and maybe causing more problems with paresthesia and things like that. So that's the that's my worry. Because you're delivering energy to the fat, you've got potential for other sorts of complications, although the good side of it would be that you use a smaller cannula um, and there may be less 
you know, a quicker recovery, assuming you don't get a complication. So there's good and bad about everything. The other thing is it's interesting the way you've put it there, that speedy recovery, less bruising. You know, the the in terms of the result, I think, you know, as a surgeon, you often find the results are similar. Um, and so if you've got a technology that can't give better results, gives similar results, and but just has a slightly different complication profile, is it worth it? I guess the thing is to, I guess the thing is to find someone who does both and see which one they they um, they plump for, um, because you'll find that a lot of people who don't do VASA just do the traditional, and a lot of people who do VASA just do VASA, and you've got to find someone who does both and see if they can suit it, make it suit you. Um, but so there are reportedly good things about VASA. There are other bad things about VASA. It does take more time because you have to do the ultrasound energy before you do the liposuction. So it is a little bit more um, time with it. But um, good and bad, I'm probably not the right person to ask because I, you might say I'm biased because I don't do VASA. But that's my view on VASA and uh, speak to someone who does it and see what their results are like and speak to someone who does traditional lipo, see what their results are like and make a judgment on it <clears throat> is where I am. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's, um, especially if it does skin retraction, that's a very good thing. Um, will a navel piercing draw attention to or from scarring around the belly button? I'm not sure if I'm the best person to answer this really. Oh God, I've got an idea. I've just had an idea on the fly. I have just had an idea. You know what? I'm not the best person to answer this question. I don't know. Let's let the people decide. I can do a poll. Oh, I've just, I've just thought of this. Yes. No. Should I put don't know? Should I put don't know? Is everyone going to put don't know? Right. Let's have a live poll never been done this is the sort of technology we're talking about this is what happens when you meet a professional facebook live broadcaster this is the sort of results you can expect how's that how is that what's happened i mean this is pro no let's do it the other way huh live voting Let's do Let's get some results on the board, people. Let me hear you say yes, no, or I don't know how you vote. I've not done this before. So, yes, I'm professional. Yes, I've got the gear. Not entirely sure how it works. What's happening at your end? Is there a way to vote? Oh, Lynn's commented. Lynn, hi. Lynn, comment. I mean, vote, please. If you want. You don't have to. I mean, this is the, this is, you know real nail-biting stuff. I think you'll agree this is a very interesting um, vote. There must be some um, <clears throat> must be some delay because uh, it doesn't look like anyone's voting. Okay, so you've got to try things, haven't you? You've got to try things. Um, okay, well, um, <coughs> well, okay then. Well, I would say if I could vote, I don't know how to vote. Is there a way to vote? Okay. Hey ho. Um, I would say it would draw attention to your belly button, to be honest with you, and it would draw attention to the scarring. 
unless you had a massive piercing, I guess, like a big diamond or something. I guess that might cover it. Not even a big diamond, big thing. But uh, oh look, Helen can't click on the vote thing, but I'd vote yes. All right. Well, I'm not going to do a vote again then. Oh well, thanks for trying, Helen. Oh well, I'm excited about that. Mm, is it not working? <coughs> oh dear, that's annoying, isn't it? That cough. Mm. Okay, well, um, yeah, H Helen votes yes. Would a neighbour draw attention to or from? Actually, if if you're going to be critical about this, you could argue that I haven't done it that that voting very well because I've said, will it draw? <laughs> will a navel piercing draw attention to or from scarring around the belly button? Yes or no? So. <laughs> Oh, God. So that's not, uh, I'm asking the wrong questions. I should have said, will it draw attention to scarring? Yes or no? So just by saying yes, yes, it will draw attention to or from. Oh, it's a shambles. Anyway, listen, it'll all come out when we do it live. Don't worry. So just a warm up. Um, we'll cut this bit out. Um, right. Okay. Oh, someone's voted. Oh, my God. Look at that. Someone's voted. The votes are in 100% of the people say yes, it will draw attention to or from scarring around the belly button. I'm thinking people are voting saying it will draw it to. I um, don't know if I can change that. Anyway. All right. Okay. Well, look, you know, we're just trying the uh, technology. But uh, thank you for that vote. If that was you, Helen, thanking you. If it was yet another person, we've got two people who are wanting to vote. That's... Uh, pretty statistically significant i think you'll agree so yeah we think it will draw attention to i think that's what we're saying that's what we think so um yeah the people that's what the people think the belly button piercing will draw attention to the to the belly button <coughs> right well that was good wasn't it let's get rid of that uh yeah right uh remind me again William. right okay um just getting my pa uh, um uh okay that was a good one thank you for that so uh what do i have to take my what sorry why do i have to take my acrylic nails off prior to surgery i took mine and all my rings off and for hygiene reasons we'll leave them off till totally healed so this is something i now put in my pre-op um instructions because it was a question we were getting a lot about the acrylic nails do i have to take my nails off and the problem comes is as so often the case when you actually speak to the uh is it the organ grinder or the monkey the organ grinder i guess the organ grinder is the guy doing the thing is it rather than the monkey the monkey's just so when you actually get to speak to the organ grinder you know you get a different answer when you speak to the monkey anyway the point I'm making is that if you the, the reason I'm going to answer the question, why do I have to take nails off prior to surgery? Well, the answer is that one way that we assess your blood flow in your body is by looking at your nail bed. And by touching your nail bed and letting it blanch and letting the, 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 the blood come back. That's the way we can look at the circulation, the color of your nail bed and to see that the blood it's blanching and how quickly the nail the blood comes back. That's a way we can assess your circulation. Um, and if you've got nails on, obviously we can't do that. Now, the two things I would say, the oh, 
The other thing is the pulse oximeter, the little machine that goes beep, that goes on your finger, reads uh, the oxygenation of your blood, and that can't work if you've got nails on. So um, that's the reason why you've been asked to take your nails off. You, When you actually come to it, when you actually speak to the person who, who counts, which is the anaesthetist, basically, who uh, needs to assess those things, the anaesthetist, now, first of all, they're often happy with a toe rather than a finger because you can assess a nail bed with the toe. Um, but also, to be honest with you, to be quite honest with you, there are other areas you can assess the circulation. The eye inside your inside your eyelid, um, you can other ways you can see how well vascularized you are. Similarly, with the pulse oximeter, you can put it on your earlobe. You know, there are other places you can put it to get a reading. So it's actually not written in stone. I mean, we're not doing open heart surgery here. Most of the surgery is sort of like breast augmentation, things like that. So it's usually fine. But when you speak to people like a few layers back, if you speak to the pre-admission nurse or the person you met in the corridor or whatever, the easy answer is to say, oh, no, you're not allowed your nails. Um, and so often people will say, oh, no, 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 you can't come in here if you've got your nails on. No, go on, off you go. You know, got to have the nails off. Otherwise, you'll die. You know, so. Um, but actually, when you get down to it. It's really just that, and it's and it's usually fine actually when you speak to these just if you've got nails you spend a lot of money on, and they're all I don't know how they stick on these days. They all sort of I don't know is that what acrylic nails are? Are they glued on or something? Um, but uh, but it's usually fine. Uh, and sometimes they just one, but you'll say, look, I don't want to just take one off. I look like you know, look like a sort of guitar player or something. Um, but uh, that is why uh, they say it and. The rings will be more for hygiene reasons because of uh, we don't really want jewelry in theatre, but for bugs. But also, if you're going to have a, if you, anything's going to swell, if you're going to swell, especially if you're having surgery around your limbs, you don't really want to have your wick rings on because if it swells with your ring on, that's bad. But uh, yeah, it's probably good to take your jewelry off. All right, it's all kicking off in the chat. Helen can't vote. I'll ask a question. Go for it, Helen. You ask a question, girl. You go for it. Knock yourself out. Jan is in the house. Uh, you have competition tonight, CC Cat on Heart Live 2. Are you kidding me? Well, answer me this, Jan, or you, I'll directly to you, CC. Have you got a live poll? Yeah, because I've just done a live poll, right? I've done a live poll about whether navel piercing is going to draw attention to, to your belly button. And I got live results. I got a 100% result on that. So that is what's going on here my friend okay this is proper scientific stuff this isn't just willy-nilly thrown together thought through technology it's all going off here acrylic nails we've got a lot right then so it is all happening here we've got live polls the lot helen's going to ask a question at some point as well so you know it's all it's all to play for i've got questions coming out of my ears Look at this, I've got another one. Check this one out. When can I bathe after surgery, TT, and breast uplift? Right, you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to pull out all my stops. I'm not messing about, guys. I am not messing about. That's what i got to say here, guys. It is a disclaimer, okay? Disclaimer. This is my own personal opinion, right? It's my own personal opinion. And is no... I'm going the wrong way. And is no substitute for an in-person consultation actually or or an opinion from a 
in-person consultation is probably not relevant for this. But um, so my view on when you can bathe after surgery, tummy tuck and breast lift doesn't matter. It's your surgeon that matters. So check with your surgeon. But what I do for a surgery, for a tummy tuck and a breast uplift, in fact, pretty much every operation that I do, just to disclose my secrets, it's not like pretty much every single operation, there's a dressing on and the dressing comes off after a week. Some operations you can wash with the dressing or you can shower with the dressing on um, with a, like, for instance, the um, breast augmentation and uplift. I usually put quite a lot of tape on so you wouldn't be able to shower with that. You could get in a shallow bath, but not with a tummy tuck. So a bath's a bit different because it soaks. So shower is good if you were having like a breast augmentation, but a tummy tuck and a breast uplift would, for me, it would be uh, one week. Uh, dressings would all come off and then you can do whatever you want shower bath whatever showers often better because the water's like um, circulating so um for me it's one week assuming everything's healed if things aren't healed because obviously it's quite a lot of surgery a tummy tuck and a breast uplift you might have little bits that aren't quite healed you might have a little dressing you have to check if they're going to use a watery dressing you might be able to shower just the same but it might not be able to shower if you have um not got a uh, water dressing so again check with your surgeon but my regime pretty much always i try and get people uh, to be able to shower after a week sometimes straight away depending on the dressing and what surgery they've had so um is the risk of dvt greater the more surgery you have in one go um uh, yeah mm -hmm. yep oh yep so um basically the risk of dvt i think there was more, wasn't there more to this question oh no, that's the next one um the risk of dvt is uh related to several things so the things like uh length of surgery is related to it's it's, a, it's related to immobility so things that make you immobile um so that's why uh, airline travel that's why um, Usher's wife got a DVT. She went to Brazil for uh, liposuction. She was obviously on a, a plane. Flame. She was on a plane. She flew to Brazil. I think it was flu flame. <coughs> she was just had just had a child, which makes you hypercoagulable, and she had surgery, and she ended up with DVT. DVT is a clot in your leg, by the way. Deep vein thrombosis can fly off into your lungs, called a PE, cause a pulmonary embolism. And that's very serious. So it is a serious risk of surgery. So the longer you're uh, immobile, so the longer your surgery, the greater your risk of um, DVT. So yes, the greater, I guess, the more surgery you have in one go, the longer your surgery is going to be. So that's going to increase your risk of DVT. Lots of things we do to reduce it. We have these Floatron boots on in theatre, which continuously blow your calves up. We have these stockings on. We give you heparin to thin your blood. Um, and basically, the best thing is you get up and walking as soon as possible. And again, the more surgery you have in one go, the less mobile you're going to be. So that is going to increase your risk of DVT. Now, you could say, I don't know how it will work if you're having. <coughs> dear, oh dear. Really funny. What's that? It's not rain. Oh my God, it's rain. Um, you could say if you're having like a tummy tuck and a breast lift say if you had the if you had them all in one go i don't know what your risk would be compared to having it at different times because obviously you've got risks at different times so i'm not sure about that but anyway 
So if you're going to have that surgery anyway, you could argue get it all in one go. Um, but basically, the longer you're immobile, the worse it is. Yeah, answered that. Can you believe that it's raining? I can't believe that. Um, what is the safest amount of time to be under general anaesthetic? I have been told I can have a tummy tuck, BR. What's a BR? Breast reduction, maybe. Thigh lift and eyes done, but I'm scared about that. Oh, God, stuff's been going on in the chat. Sorry. Oh, oh it's Jan. Oh, I'll get to that. Sorry. Um, I've been told I can have a tummy tuck, BR, breast reduction, thigh lift and eyes done, but I'm scared about the length of time under. Is this the same? Is that related to the DVT one? I don't know. That is a lot, my friend. Tummy tuck. If BR is breast reduction, and breast reduction, you like you like you like your abbreviations, don't you? Uh, BR thigh lift, what tummy tuck, breast breast, thigh lift, and eyes. Oh my god, I'd be scared about that as well. I'd be scared about the length of time under anaesthetic. Not only that, how are you going to be afterwards? You can have a tummy tuck, you know, a breast reduction, you have your thighs and your eyes. Oh lord, alive! That's a lot to have in one in go. I would say. <coughs> Oh, man, alive. Um, and also, is it one surgeon? Flipping heck. How's, you know, by the time we do last operation, be exhausted. I, I think that's a lot to have in one go, in my view. Full disclaimer. It's my opinion. And if someone's offering you that, then maybe they're okay with that. And maybe they're used to doing big, long ops like that. And maybe they've got a team, you know, of people. So you could be ha maybe having your tummy tuck and then someone's doing your eyes at the same time. You know, that, that would be that would be a doer. You know, so then maybe they, they, they've got a team that some sometimes people do that. Um, um, so, you know, you could be having your breast reduction while the thigh is going on or something like that. That's that's possible. But nevertheless, so there's that's one thing, the length of time of operation with the DVT and stuff. But also it's the recovery. You know, you've got to think about it. Your thighs are going to be uncomfortable. Your breasts are going to be uncomfortable. Your tummy's going to and your eyes. I say that's a lot. I say that is a lot to do in one go. So, oh, in answer to the question, what is the safest amount of time to be under general anaesthetic? You know what? You can have long anaesthetics. You know, I used to do these breast reconstructions. They could take 10 hours, 12 hours under anaesthetic. These days, you know, anaesthetics are very safe. And they do say it's a bit like flying. Um, it's the takeoff and landing that's the problem. You know, when you're in the air, it doesn't matter quite so much. You know, the danger periods for sort of crashing are when you take off and when you land. Um, when you're, you know, having a having a flight to, to, to Italy, you know, versus a flight to Australia, the risk is not proportionate. I'm making that, you know, because it's the takeoff and landing where the risk is. So, um, and it's similar with an anaesthetic. So it's not so much the safety of the anaesthetic, although obviously the flight to Australia is got more risk, but it's not as proportionate because you're in the air and it's just cruising. And it's the same with anaesthetic, cruising in the, in the middle of it. I think I made that uh, quite like that analogy. Hope, hope you like the analogy. Uh, give me a thumbs up if you like the analogy. That's what they say. I don't know. I can't see if you're giving thumbs up and stuff. But um, maybe that's something else. Is that YouTube or something? Anyway. Um, yeah, I'd be scared about all that operation too, to be quite honest. Have a real think about how you're going to be post-op. What's going on here? Uh, competition. Yan, I missed what you said about CC being on. I was plugging my earphones in. Well, Yan, if you missed that, you missed my poll. I did a poll, Yan. Um, and, you know, if you want the latest technology and the latest uh, up-to-date 
stuff. Obviously, this is where it's at. Um, I'm coughing. I am coughing, aren't I? I think it's the nerves, Jan. I think it's the nerves because I wasn't coughing a minute that badly a minute ago. And now I'm on here. I'm coughing more. Um, thank you. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Cracking on. What we got? Oh, I've not got on to the last question yet. After surgery, this is fantastic, these questions. I've got to say, that I'm very, very grateful for this. Um, after surgery, how soon before you can apply silicone tape and gels? Right. So, is this, yeah, this is, oh, I should have, should have linked my scar questions together. So, basically, um, the main thing with scar, I'm going to talk about this in a minute with that machine that you can get off eBay. The main thing with scar is time. And for me, I think massage and moisturizing is good to help scars to settle. Silicone tape and gels are quite expensive and they are good for uh, hypertrophic scars, red raised scars. They market them <clears throat> and full disclosure, we sell them um, and they market them as scar reduction gels and, and, and creams and things. Um, but there's not that much evidence on normal scars. Normal scars will settle whatever you do. We have got one with little ball bearings, which I think is good to give the massage. I think the ball bearings are good for the massage. But silicone is really for scars when they're red and raised, hypertrophic or keloid scars. Um, and they, those scars don't become hypertrophic or keloid, keloid for like a couple of months after the surgery. So you don't really need to start applying silicone gel and tape early on. I normally say to people, leave your scars alone. For, again, full disclosure, this is my view. I leave them for six weeks. I see you at six weeks, and then we talk about scar management, whether that be silicone, whether that be just cheap gel, massage, moisturized, whatever. Um, so I normally start about six weeks. If you're asking the question, how soon can I apply the silicone tape and gels? Well, I normally say people stop, don't massage for six weeks because the, the wound is under tension, so you don't want to go messing with it early on if you're just going to put some silicone gel on or silicone tape on you could put that on earlier you could put that on after a couple of weeks but i would worry that it's a bit of a waste personally i don't know if there's any evidence to say that you should start it when the scar is looking okay because it usually looks okay to start off with and if it's going to go he, he a keloid or hypertrophic it takes a couple of months to do that and don't think oh if i put the silicone gel on before i would have stopped it i think you just have to treat it the scar as best you can um, but in the first six weeks, I normally personally leave it alone. There's nothing to stop you, in my view, from putting some silicone tape and gel, as long as you're not massaging it and sort of, you know, putting tension on it um, sooner than that. But I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't recommend it. I normally, we talk about that about six, uh, the six-week mark. <clears throat> and the main thing is time, scars, really, time. I'll talk about that in, in a minute with a new machine on eBay. Um, what's going on? <clears throat> so after big weight loss man big weight loss is it possible to go from a 36f to a 36b without any implants i have a lot of excess skin and wouldn't want implants if possible yes that is very well well hold on a minute um first of all there's two things with the breast there's the size and the shape the size implants is really good at addressing the size. But the thing it's really good at in terms of addressing the size is making them bigger. So if you want to make them smaller, implants is not good at that. Implants makes them bigger. So I don't even think I would be thinking about implants at all uh, because you want to be smaller. You want to go from the F to a, D, to a B. The shape 
is a lift or a reduction. So a lift and reduction are the same sort of thing. Um, similar surgery, but obviously a reduction, they're made smaller and a lift, they're about the same size. So if you're a 36F and you want to be a 36B, then it's a breast reduction you need, not implants. And as you've said, you've still got a lot of excess skin and the breast reduction slash lift <clears throat> removes that skin. That's the lifting part of it. And then the reduction part of it is going from cup size down. down. Now, if we go from an F to a B, I'm not sure if that's going to be realistic. Uh, F to a B is quite a big jump. C, D, maybe, you know, um, but a B, it's quite. And the other thing is a lot of people say, I want to be a B, I want to be small, but especially if you've got a 36 back, a B cup might not look right on your frame. <clears throat> so you've got to think about, I mean, again, just when I talk to people about breast reduction, I talk uh, about making the breast in keeping with your frame, um, obviously reducing it definitely, but I can't guarantee a cup size and people have in their minds, oh, I want to be this cup size. But actually, if you think about it on a 36 back with a B cup, that might be quite lacking in projection. It might not be a good shape. You have to get a good shape. I would say is more important to get a nice shape, obviously smaller, obviously lifted. Um, but you need to have it sort of like a pyramid, pyramidal shape, you know, with a nipple on the apex, um, a nice proportion. That's the important thing. We don't have something in theatre that says this is a B cup, this is a whatever cup. And I think, <clears throat> so I think a B cup might be a bit small on your frame. Obviously, I'm saying that without seeing you at all. But the other thing is going from an F to a B cup is quite a big reduction. And I'm not sure if that would be possible because when you do a reduction, you have to keep the nipple on a stalk of tissue and that carries with it a certain amount of volume. And so you'll, when the bigger you are before, the bigger you are afterwards. So, you know, I'm not sure if that would be feasible to go from an F to a B. Um, but again, need to talk to your doctor about it. But the question you're asking about, can you not need, can you do it without implants? Absolutely, yes. Definitely do it without implants. Don't don't go for implants if you want to be smaller. Uh, do I'll, here we go. Oh, last question. Have I got a, I've got a thing that says last question. I used to have one, didn't I? Um, I've got one. Okay, this is the last question. Full disclosure. So, why did I say full disclosure? I'm looking for my last question thing. Um, get in now, people. If you've got a question, get in. Get in. Uh, what is? Oh no. Do ultrasound products reduce scar tissue? So this is someone they've sent me a link to a. a I'm saying eBay. Maybe it wasn't on eBay. But anyway, a, a machine that you can buy. Um, which says it reduces scar tissue using ultrasound. The main thing and the, the whole sort of uh, science behind scars and scar reduction and what have you is it's often not very scientific. And often what you'll find is that people will show you a photo of a scar and they'll say, look, we've used this machine on it for six months and look how good it is. It's brilliant. It's disappeared. And you get people say, oh, my God, that machine was brilliant. Look at that. My scar has disappeared. I used that machine. It's fantastic. Fact of the matter is scars often settle. You know, they often disappear. Well, maybe not disappear, but they often settle. <clears throat> and what the people who make the machines need to do is to do half the scar. They need to treat half the scar, like a tummy tummy, treat half the scar and not the other half of the scar. That would be impressive if they can 
that's you know that's like a randomized controlled trial so you you'd randomize it you you know randomize which half you use you do have a control and it's the control bit that you need so the control bit is the people not having the treatment if you've just got people on the treatment you don't know if it was the treatment that's caused it or something else in this case time it's because time makes all scars settle so that is the problem with to be honest every, all the scar stuff for me i think so the main thing is do no harm and if it doesn't do harm then that's a good thing for me massage is good now ultrasound similar sort of thing the massage um you know but a bit cheaper massaging because you just use your hand for that whereas this is a machine so i think massaging time moisturizing the things that have been proven silicone has been proven to be helpful in uh, hypertrophic or keloid scarring um but other stuff is not well you'd have to look at the science behind it but i'm not aware of any good science that says that ultrasound helps scars the main thing is time let it settle and it will settle in time and as long as you're not doing harm fine but don't go spending a lot of money on things and sort of putting your hopes on it <clears throat> when in fact i would say i wouldn't recommend that you spend money on it put it like that if you want to and it doesn't do harm fine but uh, that but go in with with your eyes open i won't particularly recommend it we had a peak earlier <clears throat> with the piercing i mean i was quite happy with the piercing um pole the piercing pole but um, I'm out. I mean, I had a lot of questions there. Ten questions I had. I've gone through ten questions. I think you'd be here. <clears throat> oh, look, Jan's in. If you bought everything people said, you would be skint. Absolutely, Jan. Absolutely. Especially stuff with scars. It's very expensive scar stuff. Scar cream, scar uh, gels. They're expensive. Um, and for me, it's the massage, moisturizing looking after yourself, drinking plenty of water, staying out of the sun, not smoking, all these things are looking after your skin. Um, don't go, you know, necessarily buying a machine that, you know, may or may not work. Um, so. I'm out. Full disclosure, I'm out of questions. So I'm going to be back next time, seven o'clock next week. If you have any questions, fantastic questions tonight. If you want to do a poll, I'm happy to try it again. Let's give it another go. We did get a vote on this one, so I think we can do better next time. Um, I'm going to look for an angle for a question with a poll. I might phrase it slightly better than saying, would it draw attention or not? Because then that's not really a yes, no answer. But I'll think it through a bit, bit more next time. Um, if you've got any poll-like questions, then please... Um, you ask early night yeah it's an early night it's an early night i'm gonna go and watch movies for men because i am home alone got the door open if you notice uh, my family have left me um they've gone away but they'll be back tomorrow on, on sort of holiday they haven't left me no. um so they're back tomorrow so i'm gonna get the deep fat fryer on movies for men lager and lime happy days i'm not gonna get a lager and lime because i was operating earlier okay i'll have a cup of tea Movies for men, cup of tea, and the deep fat fryer. And that is me. And then my wife will come home tomorrow and uh, tell me off for stinking the house out. 
so that's my night uh let me know what you're doing tonight everyone uh comment below <laughs> that's what they do in youtube i can't do it like they do it yeah anyway doesn't matter don't mind what you're doing tonight um i'm gonna go and uh, do said things and i will see you next week tuesday night seven o'clock got any questions facebook me messenger me um or get in touch and yan you have you have single-handedly carried the comments yan gold star for you and i will see you next time thank you for your um for your input and your comments and i look forward to doing this all over again next tuesday at seven o'clock good night have a question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag ask jj we'd love to hear from you